my goodness. Mm, I love fruit. If I had to pick a favorite meal or favorite thing to eat for the rest of my life, if I was only given one thing, it would be this right here. Watermelon, grape, pineapple, throw a little coconut in there, maybe some pomegranate seeds. Kira just taught me that they're Jesus's, what did you say, Kira? Jesus's seeds or favorite fruit? What was it? Favorite fruit? Pomegranate seeds? Mm. Who here likes fruit? Anybody not like fruit? Nobody. Okay. All right, I was going to say we're going to pray for you afterwards, but we'll have to do that. Anybody have um, fruit tree growing in their backyard when they were a kid? So when we were in England, we had um, a few apple trees back behind the faculty housing where we lived. And our kids loved to climb up these apple trees. And it never ceased to amaze me. At the right time, the blossoms would come, the, the, they would bud. And before we knew it, there was apples on the tree that the girls were climbing up and grabbing and eating. And it just, every single time, it just amazes me because I can't make trees, this apple tree, produce apples. Can't force it out, right? We can't. Sure, we can help create the right environment, make sure it has the right soil and weed and prune the tree, but I can't force out this fruit. And sure, at the right time, in the right season, these apples just mysteriously appear, and my girls loved it, and so did I. And I, and I see that in Galatians 5, we're going to move there in just a minute, that the, just as the apple tree producing apples and bearing apples is being what it was created to be and to do, we, as those in Christ, bear fruit as a natural expression of us being in Christ. We can't force out this fruit of the Spirit. Fruitfulness is a natural overflow of being connected to Jesus by the Spirit. Fruitfulness comes naturally. And, I, and, I, and as I think about that, I go, why? Because whose fruit is it anyways, right? Whose fruit is it? Is it Aaron's fruit? Hannah's fruit? Kira's fruit? No, it's not. Whose fruit is it? The Spirit's fruit. Because these amazing fruits aren't a matter of our great gardening but just as a strawberry bush produces, bears strawberries, a grapevine bears grapes, an apple tree bears apples, an image bearer in Christ bears fruit of the Spirit. We, born again, part of the family of God, in the body of Christ, are the dwelling place of the Spirit. And so, we bear fruit of the Spirit. I'm getting somewhere, don't worry. I hope. So turn to the person next to you and say, you bear spirit fruit. Go on. Yes, you bear spirit fruit. And what I'm not talking about today, and I just want to be clear, is I'm not talking about character development. Because the process of character is developed over time. Whereas character is produced as we go through trials, fruit, spirit fruit, is experienced as we go through trials. So, this is, and I love, I love also talking about character development, but that's for a, another time. This is fruitfulness. Say that to, with me, fruitfulness. 
All right, so let's pray as we begin. Almighty God, thank you once again for putting breath in our lungs and bringing us here to this space. We've come ready and eager to be nourished and transformed by your word. It's living and active and breathing among us. We want to get to know you better. Would you open the eyes of our standing so that we could know you more today? Amen. Amen. We're here in Galatians 5, and I'm going to start reading from chapter, from verse 13. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desire what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit does what, the, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Here in Galatians 5, we see that Paul is concerned with the differences in the fruitfulness of the Christians within that community. See, in the Galatian church, Paul is addressing the different, two different kinds of Christians, really. Essentially, there was one group who were concerned with walking and adhering to the Jewish way of life. I call these the tick box Christians. We can call them tickers for short, okay? Christians, especially, Genti especially the Gentiles, should be required to get circumcised, attend the synagogue regularly, go to the temple, give offerings at the festivals, follow the Mosaic rituals, restrict their diet according to Jewish rules. You got to do this, you got to do that, and so on and so forth. These are the ones who are saying, you have got to adhere to the Jewish way of life. And so I'd like to hear from you now. What are some of the stuff that we feel like we've got to do as Christians? All right, as you're thinking through that, it won't, probably won't take you very much <laughs> time to think about that. I need two volunteers. Yes, we have one here. All right, come on, one more. Don't be shy. All right, you can come, out, come on over here. One more. I see somebody pointing. All right. Come on, come on up, come on up. Or here, do we have somebody else? 
All right, come on. Come on, just run forward. There we go. Be, don't be shy. Yeah. Woo, come on over here. All right. What I want you guys to do is you have some blocks here. I'm going to dump some out here. Dump some out here. All right. Sorry. That's a little weird, isn't it? All right, anyways. Anyways, um, I would like you both to creatively design a temple out of these, or a temple, a t yeah, or a temple, or a tower. There we go, a tower out of these blocks. Tower? Yeah, tower, creative, creatively designed, and, and there might be um, audience judging you. No, <laughs> no pressure though, no pressure. All right, so you can go, you can go, you have about a minute. All right, and in the meantime, yeah, in the meantime, I wonder, and please shout it out, what are the things, and can I get my little, you guys, come on up here. All right, what are some things we feel we got to do as Christians? Go to chapel. Okay, go to chapel. There might be a treat involved if you shout something out. Pray. Okay, wait, raise your hand so we know who you're saying. Yes, Joya. Go to church on Sunday. Can you run her a piece of fruit? Or, 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 just, ch or, just, ch or just chuck at her. Chuck it at her. Raise your hand, raise your hand. There we go. Devotions. All right, run our piece of fruit. Yes. Pray. Yes, absolutely. Woo, good job. All right, who else, who else? Yes. Read your Bible. Kind of like devotions, a little different though. Good. Who else? Come on. Balcony people? We might be able to chuck it up there. Yeah. Sunday school, yes, either, either go to Sunday school or teach Sunday school. No. <laughs> Watch your heads. <laughs> Aaron's never going to let me preach again. Um, all right, come on, keep going, keep going. Yes. Bible study, yes, either, either, <laughs> either, be, either attend a Bible study or lead a Bible study, good. All right, we have two, well, we have a few more, come on, there we go. Catechism, yes, memorize and learn your catechism as well, yes, Emily. <laughs> Volunteer, yes, absolutely, service, community, yes. We have no sex before marriage. Yes. Good one. Thank you. Yes. All right. Good. All right. Last, last one. Last one. We have two left. All right. Last one. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. There is a, yes. Pink sweater. Hold on. Hold on. Pray out loud. All right. So don't, don't keep your prayer life to yourself, but pray out loud. All right. Good. Yes. All right. We're going to save two. All right. So we, ha we have second, okay, I think the time's about up, you guys. How did we, woo, okay, how did we do? All right, so can you um, hold it up so we can all see it? There we go. All right, look, he has a little, has a little door here, or window. Yeah, so he has a little window, and the another, and a, and a hobbit, and a hobbit door. Look at the beautiful um, vines hanging off. We have um, another little bridge, bridge window here. Anything else you want to add? 
Part of a roof. Part of a roof. Excellent. All right. He, he alternated colors here. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Let's go on over here. What do we have going on here? Um, we have a little bus action, like they're driving in the tower. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and Very cool. Um, we have some windows. There's some, ca there's a cat peering through the window. <laughs> I like this. There's I'm even a chair stacked on top. Come on. All right. So, you came up first. I want to hear your applause. Tower A. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Like your enthusiasm. Tower B. Okay. Well, I think Tower A wins the watermelon. <laughs> and, and Tower B, you get a cantaloupe. You do, don't not get anything. All right, we'll put this right here. Give them a big round of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, so there we have it. So it's pretty easy. And if you're like me, all of the things that you mentioned, I grew up in a Christian family. I was actually lived in Romania as a missionary kid for several years. Those things that you just mentioned, I actually kind of really like to do. Like, it's how I identify myself. It's how I've found belonging with certain friends and be, been known. It's how to determine if I'm successful and I'm staying on track with my life. Like, if I'm having my devotions and praying out loud and volunteering, all right, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I feel like a pretty good Christian. And so, and, and also, like we saw, it's really easy to compare and contrast which, which one's doing. Okay, this one's a little wider and lower, but it has a cool roof and like a hobbit hole, and I really like that. Okay, so you went on some service projects to Mexico, which is really cool, and maybe you don't have a roof, but your, your foundation's really good. Okay, and over here. So you can compare and contrast. It's really easy, tickers, it's really easy to compare and contrast what's going on in the Christian life. We see that. So all of these little tick boxes are like building blocks, like this. Just, I'm going to tick off, go to a missions trip, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray out loud, I'm going to go to church. But Paul is saying here that you aren't tied down and measured anymore by these tick boxes. He didn't write down, here's the works of the Spirit, and write down a whole bunch of stuff that's required of you. Paul describes this tick box Christianity as having all the right behaviors, you look really good, but without the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit. I'm going to have another piece right now. All right. And not only that, but Paul goes on to teach that we are free. You are free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free from the pressure and the expectation to conform to tick box life. No more building blocks as a mark and a measure and a standard of your salvation. Jesus, God in flesh, came to earth and took upon all of the expectation and all of the pressure of the tick boxes into himself on the cross. And he died and he rose again and freed us from the bondage and the oppression that's created in us and through us when we engage in a tick box type of Christianity. And so, of course, obviously, there's a second group of Christians within the Galatian community that goes, we're free from all this behavior modification and religious stuff. And I call those the rippers. 
Those who just want to be free. That's free from everything. That's in the past. That's what Jesus died for. <laughs> and I can you're to, and I want to say that you are totally free from the pressure of tick boxes. That's over. Jesus died and set me free from that. I'm free. And as college students, I wonder what you may be thinking right now. You mean I don't really have to wait to have sex before marriage? You mean I don't really need to read my Bible anymore? You mean I don't really need to go to church? No rules, no works, no expectations, no tick boxes to measure my life by, and no check boxes and ticks to measure other people's lives by? And a lot of Galatians saw this as permission to act according to the flesh. We saw the list of the behaviors that were going on within the Galatian community. And so you have some Christians, the tickers, these guys, especially the Jewish forcing their strict regulations on themselves and others. And then we have some other Christians, the rippers, those exhausted and worn out and hurt by the religious tick boxes, stripping off all expectations and requirements. I can live however I please because I'm free in Christ. But Paul describes that, that, those type of Christians, as something like this. A dead stick, disconnected from the life, the tree of life, in Jesus, who is our life. I'm free from the law, but why aren't I producing any fruit? And so Paul challenges both of these lifestyles. He said, I'm going to give you a solution. I'm going to give you a third way. So we see this in Galatians 15, 5, 16, excuse me, walk by the Spirit, not by the Jewish way or the Roman way or any kind of other way, but walk the way of the Spirit. And the verb walk, I'm going to read this, this indicates the Spirit's active and personal involvement in a pattern of conduct of all of one's life. In other words, your walk isn't a matter of rules and regulations and tick boxes, but it's this dynamic walking with the Holy Spirit where he's engaged and active in every part of your life. And for those rippers, for those ones who, yeah, who, are, who are ripping all the expectations up, he uses the word led. You are led by the Spirit, and this indicates present tense activity. It actually, it actually says, if you are being led. Making decisions and having it attitudes according to the Holy Spirit's guidance. You're not just free to act as you please, but if you are in Christ, you are being led by the Spirit's active presence to bear fruit, pleasing to God. And so fruitfulness, being a bearer of spirit fruit is the natural overflow of walking with Jesus and being led by the Spirit in the entirety of life. Being led and walking with Jesus produces fruit. It's like a little toddler learning how to walk. Walking comes pretty naturally. To, I've, I've had three daughters, and at some point, they, you like that? I know. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but look at this little guy. He just gets up. And then he falls, and then he gets up again, and he falls. Oh, bless him. But that's how it is. It's like the life inside of him. He's, these guys, I guarantee it, these little guys 
aren't reading the baby books and getting anxiety attacks about missing a few of their milestones along the way. They're not stressing out about their technique. <laughs> I, at least I hope they're not, because that technique is, uh, they have a lot to work on. And, or how many steps they got in, uh, in the day. There's life flowing through these little guys. As they're being compelled by the life inside of her, and then they're going to walk. If there's life flowing through an apple tree, it will produce apples. If there's life, if the life of Jesus is flowing in you, you will produce fruit. It's natural. It's the natural overflow of belonging to Jesus. It's not a forced thing like, oh, I have to force out some patience today. Or, oh my gosh, I need to f push out my gentleness. No, belonging to Jesus and walking with him in life is fruit we experience naturally. Paul says it like this in Romans 8. And I'll start with um, verse 9. It says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you in you. The very spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, is living in you, is flowing through you. Jesus' very resurrection life flows in you through the spirit. And this is the very essence of Christianity, this new birth, new life, new creation by the very active living presence of God residing in us. But let's be honest, right? We get, can get so caught up in our own tick boxes and comparing and, and contrasting who's doing better and judging each other, or in our own freedoms, you can't tell me what to do, that we neglect the activity of life that's going on in us. And I wonder how you would describe what's going on in you. How are you engaging with Jesus' resurrection life in your everyday walk with him? Jesus invites us. He beckons us to this life of connection. He says, abide in me. Stay connected with me. Stay constantly engaged. Actively commune. Fruit isn't a production of all of our incredible endeavors or all of our total freedoms, but it's an overflow of life, my life, Jesus' life, flowing out of you. Let's listen to Jesus' words in John 15. He says this, Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit, fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. And friends, it, of course, obviously, it doesn't literally mean nothing because, <laughs> because people do a whole, definitely do a whole bunch of stuff disconnected from Jesus, right? But the nothing here refers to the stuff 
of eternal, uh, that, yeah, that lack eternal value, that lack significance because it's not birthed and flowing from and produced from life in Christ. Because Jesus is realizes that if we do life without him, we'll only produce blocks and sticks. And he's saying, I don't want you to be a block or a stick. I want you to be dynamically connected with me to bear fruit. Because you know what? God intends for your fruitfulness. He delights in your fruit bearing. We see that fruitfulness is one of the primary purposes from the beginning of creation. Look at the creational mandate. God designed the world and human beings for fruit bearing. God really likes fruit too. And you know what? He likes your fruit. He likes your fruit. He likes your fruit. He really likes your fruit up there. Whoops. He really likes your fruit. But these fruit trees aren't striving. I should probably finish that before I keep talking. They're being who they're created to be. Fruit trees aren't taking a master class in the fundamentals of fruit bearing, right? Fruit isn't a product. It's a reflection. The fruit of your words and behaviors and attitudes and thoughts is a posture, a reflection of what's going on in the inside. Because fruit is a natural outflow of the Spirit's activity in you. And spirit fruit can only be the result of our lives transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And if that's the case, if that's the case, if fruitfulness is the overflow of what's really going on in the inside of our life with Christ, then a desire to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, to say, yeah, I want, I need patience, I need more gentleness, I want some joy in my life. That, that desire to grow is really an invitation into intimacy. It's an invitation into a deeper communing with Jesus, of walking and being led by the Spirit in your entirety of your life. We love not because we have love living on the inside of us. Love isn't an abstract thing. Love is a person. Peace is a person. Hope is a person. Gentleness is a person. Before we can love others, we must experience and encounter God's love and affection of us must go beyond just this knowledge of, of simple Sunday school songs and penetrate the deepest core of who we are. Yeah, God loves me. And that love flowing on in the inside comes out and is expressed. This fruit, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, comes from the reality of abiding in God's love and joy and peace and patience in our everyday lives. And when the empowering Spirit of God is living on the inside of us, we naturally and effortlessly love. We are self-controlled. We have the spirit fruit of joy and gentleness and peace and goodness. It's not natural. It's, for, it's not forced. Spirit fruit is expressed through us as God's Spirit is experienced in us. So that fruit of love or the fruit of gentleness is just this expression of God, God's life being flowing out of us. So I wonder, I wonder today, hmm, what would it look like 
this week for someone to taste and see who God is. You're the spirit fruit growing on you. You see, others can experience the reality of who God is as the outflow of our walk in the Spirit. We taste and see that God is good, patient, kind through you. And that's God's intention, is to nourish others. You're the Spirit fruit coming out of your life. And I wonder what that would look like today and this week as you encounter are walking and are led by the Spirit, are being led by the Spirit. What would it look like for others to taste of that Spirit fruit, to be nourished by that Spirit fruit that's growing on you? Let's pray. Jesus, you address those obsessed with Tick boxes and we the weariness of those experienced, who experienced the enforcing of these tick boxes on them. And you and said, are you tired, worn out, burned out by heavy burdens? <laughs> Come to me. Walk with me and work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, you didn't say total freedom, take off every yoke, or here's a new to-do list. But instead, you said, come to me, abide in me, all of you heavy laden. All of you tickers with your to-do list, and you rippers who don't want to be told what to do. The invitation from you is that you will give us rest. And so we come right now, right here, to receive the unforced rhythms of grace afresh in our lives as we walk with you, Jesus, and are led by the Spirit. Amen.